Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Space Flicks, the podcast where we review a movie and decide if it's worth the cost of beaming out into the far reaches of space for a lonely astronaut. Yes. Uh, he, he's very, very lonely. It's, it's even lonelier when you know that everybody... I, actually, I think it would be less lonely if you were in space and you knew that everybody on Earth was also cooped up, Right. I think I suppose, you'd be like, oh, good. Yeah. I feel like, you know, we're sort of, of now experiencing the same thing. Yeah, solidarity. <laughs> that's right. Uh, yeah. So if it's, if it's any, if it's any uh, comfort to you, dear astronaut, we're all sort of on our own little spaceships down here on Earth right now. Um, I don't know how long it takes our, our messages to reach the astronaut, to be honest. Could be days, could be months, could be years. So maybe we're we haven't all fine. done the light speed calculations. <laughs> but anyway, in 2020, in the summer of 2020, we were all kind of cooped up. So um, anyway, today we're going to be discussing the Five Bloods. The Five Bloods. The Five Bloods, the latest Spike Lee joint. joint. That's yeah. right. Um, on Netflix. Uh, it's, uh, let's see, should we say who it's starring? Delroy Lindo, Clark Peters, Norm Lewis, and Isaiah Whitlock Jr. Uh, those, and Jonathan Majors, I guess would be fair to say. Those are the yes, the five stars. Oh, and uh, Chadwick Boseman. Yes, as maybe probably the, or probably the core founding member of the five of bloods. Of the five bloods, that's right. Um, so you want to go ahead and read the synopsis, Adam? Yes, I do. Four African-American vets battle the forces of man and nature when they return to Vietnam, seeking the remains of their fallen squad leader and the gold fortune he helped them hide. That's right. There you go. Four African-American vets. Um, and it's called The Five Bloods because the fifth is, as we just said, Chadwick Boseman, his character, Stormin Norman. Um, so we learn early did not survive Nam. That's right. Uh, but his memory lives on. Lives on. Yep. Uh, so we've this is not the first Spike Lee movie we've discussed. We talked about Black Klansman last year, was it? I think. Yep. Yep. Um, which I recall we both enjoyed. I think neither of us. I don't. I don't know for a fact, but I don't think we decided to beam that one up. But it was, yeah, my recollection is we both enjoyed it. We talked quite a bit about it, but it wasn't certainly admired. It wasn't in the pantheon for a lot of reasons. Yeah. Um, so, but anyway, um, let's just go right into expectations and and first impressions. So, what were your expectations of this movie, and how did it compare to what you were expecting? Um, so, I quite liked the trailer for this movie. Um, are you talking about the one with the song? Time. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who who sings that song? I don't. Even I, know. I actually don't it's know offhand. Uh, we'll it's, have to look it that up. It's not an artist that I'm super familiar with. Um, but okay, but that's a, the trailer you're talking about. Yeah, um, but it's a song I quite liked, uh, yeah. and it just seemed to sort of be very much in the same vein as movies that we have expressly called out on this podcast as being like a genre that we enjoy, which mm-hmm. is, uh, you know, Annihilation has this format. We sort of talked about Ad Astra having this format, which is a journey into a heart of darkness where sure. uh, the closer you get, the more sort of insanity sort of starts to take hold. Yeah. And Why do this we like felt, that so much? <laughs> I don't know, but it's, it's the gift that keeps on giving, that's yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, and so I... Um, I, it looked like that, right? When you tell me there's mm. uh, some buried gold in the middle of a jungle, <laughs> I sort mm. of immediately jumped to that. And uh, and yeah, so I th- that combined with the trailer, combined with the fact that I felt like um, that it's uh, you know it's Spike Lee who we we always enjoy talking about, um, and uh, you know there's a li- we're in a little bit of a movie quality desert right <laughs> yes. so i was very excited i was very excited for it for all those reasons 
Um, me too. Uh, I, yeah, I was quite excited. I, I also, um, you know, was aware that it was getting very good reviews. Um, I think I'm always a sucker for superlatives. So I think I saw just a line from some critic that said it's one of the best movies Spike Lee's ever made. And so I'm going to be excited if someone's going to say, you know, make a, a pretty big claim like that. Cause Spike Lee's been directing movies for quite a while. He's got yeah. quite a few, quite a few very well-respected movies under his belt, including black Klansman for a lot of people. Yep. Um, I will, I will be honest though. the trailer I found somewhat incomprehensible, <laughs> not in a bad way. It just seemed totally chaotic and, uh, Sort of in the same way, I think I said this about Uncut Gems, yeah. where after the trailer, I was like, I don't really feel like I know what that movie's about, you know? Um, right. It and, and it might be the sort of thing where, and I this was also true of, of Uncut Gems, it might be the case that if I were to go back and watch it now, I would I would realize, oh, the trailer is explaining what the movie's about. I just, it, I, I wasn't sort of absorbing it when I first saw it. Um but I also enjoyed the song, and and what it what it kind of gave me this feeling of was just chaos, just right. Um, that this movie was going to be all over the place, um, in, a, in in not necessarily in a bad way, po- possibly some controlled chaos or some intentional chaos, you know. But I certainly felt like more so for, uh, of this movie than than other Spike Lee movies, like oh he's gonna he's gonna really give us an experience. You know, this is right. really going to be something. Um, and I was, and that was, a, that was definitely s- sort of an exciting thought for me. Right. Where I didn't know what to expect other than it's going to be probably quite a wild ride. And, um, and I got to say, I, I really, really enjoyed it. How did it live up to your expectations? I, I liked it. Uh, I don't feel like um, some of the choices as far as that ratcheting up of the, what I, you know, what I was sort of hoping for, and I sort of feel like I'm the guy who always asks for this, which is like, mm-hmm. I just want, if it's going to get crazy, I want it to get really crazy, mm-hmm. right? Um, but it didn't get crazy enough for you? It, yeah, it, it was, um, put it this way, there was some stuff in there that I found to be quite compelling, uh, but it wasn't the sort of freak out that I was imagining it would be. And I don't think it was trying to be, it's just, it's just another example of like Adam has mismatched expectations with what the Mm -hmm. filmmaker's trying to do. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, uh, but with that, with that being said, uh, I liked it, but it would, it wasn't something that really, um, I carried with me, nearly as much as I sort of expected to. I expected to really be thinking about it quite a lot in the days to come, and it, it just didn't pop in there uh, okay. after having turned it off. All right. Well, yeah, I think I, I think it sounds like I liked it more than you. Um, I, would, I would say that um, probably both of us were... It sounds like we both... Um, we're, we're really looking forward to the movie and both probably didn't didn't find it to be quite as much of a home run as maybe we were hoping but um, right. because I because I share some of those feelings like it didn't it didn't quite um, I, I'll put it this way it, it it wasn't exactly like firing on all cylinders for me it wasn't doing everything it was trying to do exceptionally well right um, but I felt like the movie was trying to do lots and lots of things and doing a lot of them really well. Um, so sort of, you know, we've talked before about the feeling that you're watching like spinning plates or somebody, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, keeping a lot of balls in the air and how for me, if someone's doing that and a few plates are like falling down and crashing, but they still got a lot of other plates spinning. I'm like, still good. Still impressive to me. Right. Um, And still quite a, quite a joy to watch. He started with 10 plates. There are still seven spinning. (laughs) Yeah. Right. And, and those three that fell, it was pretty spectacular when it happened, you know? Right. Um, so yeah, I, I, uh, we'll, we'll get, we'll get into more specifics real soon, but I would say overall, um, it was definitely much more impressive to me than it was disappointing. And, and the, and the aspects of it that were disappointing, they weren't like bad. They were only technically disappointing in the sense that my hopes were really high and the movie 
was fine rather than great in along certain dimensions, I would say. Right. Um, uh, what did you think of, um, before we get into all the rest of the stuff we normally talk about though, cause definitely my understanding is there's a lot of sort of buzz around Delroy Lindo's performance. You know, some people are like, give him the Oscar. How did you feel about that particular character and that performance without getting into spoilers? To me, were, were he's you, just... are you as much on board with that sort of praise wagon as, as a lot of people are? I quite liked his performance. I mean, I think he's just, um, to me, clearly like a like a head better as an actor than the than other the actors the that he's working with, mm-hmm. right? I think probably, um, I, I would say that Delroy Lindo is probably the, the best actor in the cast uh, and that Clark Peters and Jonathan Majors are sort of in that second tier, mm-hmm. right? And then mm-hmm. Isaiah Whitlock... Uh, is sort of and uh, sorry, I'm, God I'm, bless for, him. I'm forgetting the other actor. Norm name. Lewis. Norm Lewis are sort of in the, in that third tier, um, and so it's in some ways that's that's a little bit of the difficulty I had in the movie was it felt like one actor was sort of throwing in 103 mile per hour fastballs, and mm-hmm. then there's two other actors. It was like, oh, there's throwing you know it's throwing 98, mm-hmm. right? And then you got two other actors like, okay, they can, I mean, they can get the ball over the plate, but this is not, you know, and so that was, um, what did that detract from the movie for you? The sort of uneven quality of the performances? Well, it ultimately felt to me a little bit like, and maybe in some ways this actually serves the movie, but it felt a little bit like they were just in different worlds a Mm. little bit. Right. Mm -hmm. Like the Delroy Lindo's character is like, extremely intense and like pained and suffering through PTSD and is um, really suffering from various delusions. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. And you know, the, some of the other characters um, it just feels much more casual and less, they're just whole like existence feels far less intense than his. And, um, and so, yeah, it just felt like they were just on different wavelengths. And I think that's kind of part of the point, right, mm-hmm. is that they are having such difficulty connecting with one another. Um, but I, I did find it a little distracting. It felt like tonally a little off to me in that regard. Interesting. All right, well, let's get more into that later. I think our next segment we normally do is just to talk about themes of the movie. And this is one where... Um, you remember when we when we discussed uh uh sorry to bother you yeah how it was just like where to start and where to where to end you know it's so many things that's kind of how i feel about this movie in terms of themes yeah because um it's obviously you know got a lot to say about the vietnam war mm-hmm. um about the role of black american soldiers in that war yep um, how America has kind of profited and, and leveraged, you know, the labor and the lives of black Americans disproportionately, um, in the war, but as the war just being kind of a one example of a larger, uh, you know, crime upon, upon that population. Um, but then it also has, is exploring like fatherhood and abandonment and um ptsd (laughs) so it's a lot of things um yeah but uh but i don't know do do you feel like any one or sort of small set of sort of major themes emerges as the movie's main kind of through line yeah i mean the fact that it's about call it five characters right um makes me think it's not so much about any particular uh conclusion i don't know that it's making i don't know that it's advocating any one point of view per se but it's more like uh this is a movie about a war and its effects uh, on the people who fought in that war and the following generations right that to me is sort of like the the lens of the film is sort of like what effect does this war have on the Africa on the black community, right, and mm-hmm. the generations that follow, and it the effects are 
myriad, right? Um, and so, but I think that was sort of the, that to me felt like the initial th- sort of thesis was there are not many movies that explore this war and this community together. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so let's do that. And right. we'll just sort of go where that takes us, right? Yeah, Would- I mean, this movie literally taught me like factual things I didn't know. Like like about the percentage of soldiers, for yeah. example, who are African-American. Like is what, 30%, I think something... I mean, I didn't actually fact check it, but I'm assuming the movie's not flagrantly giving us falsehoods, you know? Right. Um, but for them to say, like, 10% of the U.S. population is, is black, but 30% of the soldiers sent to Vietnam were black. Right. Is pretty shocking. Totally. Absolutely. Um, so, and, and I'm just like, how did I not know that? How does that not, you know, maybe it was taught in schools. I, I wasn't the best history student. Doubtful. But, but I, yeah, it, it doesn't feel like common knowledge, which is, which is really saying something. Right. Yeah. I, 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 I mean, the movie, I don't think is shying away from that. Right. The movie oh, very no. clearly dips into archival footage, dips into, um, you know, there's text on the screen to explain things to you that the characters are talking about. At various points, the characters feel like they are almost taking a detour out of the movie mm-hmm. to just tell you something factually interesting or useful, yeah. right? Um, and so, yeah, it's, uh, I don't think the, I think in that regard, um, the movie's got sort of multiple burdens that it's carrying, right? Because it's trying to be, an entertaining, interesting, exciting, suspenseful movie while making sure that you know, you know, things like the statistics regarding the demographics of who served in Vietnam or yeah. who, who won the first Purple Heart or, you know, just all sorts mm-hmm. of um, trivia like that. Yeah. I mean, so we're talking about some some sort of negative things, you know, in terms of these are these are dark chapters in in human history in American history um but I guess another theme that I think is a really positive one that I think might be the main theme in the film because it's right there in the title is is like fraternity and mm-hmm. loving one another you know yeah and and I think it's really one of the things like when i think about this movie um if i were if i project you know a year into the future if somebody brings up the five bloods what am i going to think about i feel like what i'll really think about is these characters the bond they have you know yeah. the secret handshakes the memories them all kind of having this united um really like like very lofty memory of of their leader, you know, yep. Storm and Norman and 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 he was like what makes them hold him in such reverence. It's it's like he was he was a truly truly good person, right? And he kind of he challenged them all to to be better and to love each other. And um and so I think it's a really it's a really positive sort of binding you know binding uh power to this movie that that seems to be at the heart of it and and in the movie's most dramatic moments and greatest moments of strife there are moments where that brother brotherhood amongst them is strained or put to the test right right um yeah, I absolutely. So, when you were asking about themes in the beginning, the the word that did occur to me was brotherhood. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I absolutely agree, um, and it is uh, it is pretty stunning. Multiple times, how they are at what feel like very sort of um, like breaking point type moments, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's like this is the point where this relationship has to end because they are totally incompatible with one another. Yeah. And then one of them will say, like, blood. Bring it in, blood. Right? Yeah. Like, come yeah. on. Like, squash this, because it is taken as a given that we will remain friends yep. regardless. And so, um, which obviously gets tested, like, as thoroughly as it can be, right? Mm-hmm. Um, 
but uh, that was something that, like, I feel like not many movies have that kind of presumption about the characters, right? Yeah. Like, most movies, when you have some sort of extremely fundamental rift between two characters, the rift wins, right? And that's sort of the point of, like, conflict mm-hmm. in movies. And this movie's like, no, 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 no. Like, there is some bond that's way deeper than that that these characters even as annoyed and angry and you know frustrated as they are with one another they will just resort back to that way of thinking and mm-hmm. it's it's a, it it's pretty unusual to see that in a movie that with life and death stakes and millions of dollars on the line that that is that like their friendship is actually the thing that they view as for the most part, you know, for a long stretch of the movie is the most important thing. The immutable thing, yeah. I think the two, I, I agree that it's relatively rare, although I think that the two kinds of movies that that sometimes happens in are, like, war movies, because military, and I've heard this to be true from people who have served in the military, that sort of the bond you form in you know, in combat or, or in service is like, unlike anything else that, that you, that you form in, in, in your relationships in the rest of your life. Um, but I also think sports movies sometimes have that, Uh you know, where the team where like, you'll have the team who get into like a, a fight at a bar or an argument over something. And then it's sort of like the coach will come in and be like, Hey, you know, (laughs) you guys are a family or whatever, you know? And then they all sort of like, become you know go back to revert to that to that mode like you're talking about um but yeah i i but i but this movie i mean it sets it up really just right from the start right where they're uh you got isaiah whitlock sipping on his cocktail in the in the hotel lobby and just as they kind of come in they as they all trickle in just seeing how how much joy it brings them all to be together right um it's uh i think it's a great way to just kind of establish that right up right right up top right and then and then not only that but then follow that with a scene where there's a little bit of you know debate and argument right in the beginning and you see how they kind of don't all agree on let's say political issues or things right. like that but then like you said it's sort of like all right bring it in bloods you know like yeah. we're all we're all brothers here so um I thought that was great. I, I mean, I really liked that aspect of the movie. Any other themes you want to talk about before we move on? No, I, I think those are the, the main ones that occur to me. Uh, I think best part of the movie is, is where we go next, isn't it? Or am I forgetting something? I think uh, that's it. Y- yeah, seems fine. Seems right. <laughs> well, I, I guess there's normally the box office part, but as... As always, as is probably applicable. going to be the case for the foreseeable future, we won't right. be talking box office for a while. Um, so, uh, so we're going to get into spoilers now. So do the sound, Adam. Ah, Spoiler time. Um, what are some of the best parts of the movie? Why don't we start with you? There's one that really stands out to me, uh, where I was, where, when we last talked about the vast of night and we were sort of talking about, there's these scenes where you're just very aware of how much you love what you're seeing like i love what i'm seeing right now yeah 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 the for me that there was there was one moment that really stands out as really transporting me and making me feel like uh that this that this is truly like great filmmaking and mm-hmm. that's the sequence um where uh paul's son steps on a landmine mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. is like it's just such high tension in that sequence and they've set up the fact that this jungle is filled with landmines they've established the fact that they work right they've established what happens to a person who steps on one yep um and uh just so so the and the way that paul uh starts to motivate his son to how he's going to get off that mine Mm -hmm. right um, and it starts by saying like, where do you go to college? Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. It was just like such a moving 
speech between two characters who have such a, you know, flawed relationship, right? Um, And how Paul is so fiercely protective of his son and so desperate to keep Mm -hmm. him alive while at the same, in the same breath, deeply resenting him and being, you know, very angry about just the fact that he's even there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it just, I don't know, just everything about that stretch of filmmaking, I was like on the edge of my seat. I think my hands were over my mouth, right? It was just yeah, sort of, I was yeah. just so nervous and felt all these conflicting emotions. We're well, not even conflicting, but just like this complex set of emotions about what was going to happen in that scene. Um, and so to me, that was like, the sort of the most perfect moment in the movie, hmm. um, which of course, like it cannot stay right. Like the whole premise of this moment is that it has to end. Like uh, this, this mind is going to blow up one way or the other and either he's going to be standing on it or he's not going to be. Um, yeah. and so, uh, but that, that to me was sort of the, the best sequence in the film that had me the most, uh, sort of engaged. Yeah. That, that scene was, um, I agree that that was really definitely a high point in the movie. Um, and I just loved how, well, I, I loved how like the, there was this mine, there was this crew there, you know, mm-hmm. of, of people whose whole specialty is dealing with mines. And once he's stepping on it, they're like, what do we do? They're like, uh, he's got to just like hope that it's a dud. <laughs> 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 they're like, that's the only strategy we have and they're like supposed to be the experts right and then he's like well all right we're gonna try this other thing you know right yeah and he, i think he says like remember when we did that thing in, yeah in the war right so it's the thing they've they had done before yeah but it's obviously a maneuver with a very low probability of success one would expect right you just have to basically outrun an explosion right right, right. that's that's the bit and that's so the, that's the plan I, I, it does make me wonder. I didn't. I didn't actually um, look this up later, but I wonder if that's true. I would have thought because I was like, can they not just like put a heavy thing on the mine and then he wa- and then he steps off? I guess that's. I think it's one of those movie. things where you can't shift the pressure much at yeah. all. Yeah, right? like the the shift in weight is. I don't think you can do like an right. Indiana Jones style switch. <laughs> I guess mines mine technology has advanced since since Indiana Jones. Um. I will say, let's see. I think there's some other parts that I really loved. Um, certainly, Delroy Lindo's character Paul. Yeah. When he sort of goes off to, he 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 basically leaves the group. Yeah. This is this is only a few scenes later, actually. Um, but he's yeah. you know he's furious that his son turned on him. Um. And he kind of just walks away from them. And there's this scene of, you know, camera, Delroy Linda looking straight into the camera. Yep. Hacking through the the jungle and just kind of going off on this. I don't know what to call it even. I mean, it's a monologue, but it's like a manifesto. It's like, yeah, it's like about how, um, how like the world has wronged him, but he's going to not let it, you know. He's gonna persevere. Yeah, and and it's and it's. Well, he's like, I'm gonna crazy. get mine. You know, yeah, like yeah. I've been screwed my whole life, and now yeah. is the time. You know, where I'm finally yeah. gonna cash in. And um, I gotta say, I mean, it's it's very it's very interesting to me that that scene plays out the way it does because, um, I mean, for one thing, they, he like Spike Lee shows the 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 Vietnamese soldiers like going after him before this long sequence yeah so i was like just totally expecting him to get shot at any moment you know especially towards the end when he's like i decide how i die you know right i'm like he's gonna you are not gonna kill paul yeah 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 um which is very curious that that isn't where he dies um in that scene yeah but it's powerful i mean i i feel like Again, sort of when I think of this movie, I think I'll remember the scene you meant, just mentioned of the mine. Yeah. And I'll definitely remember that scene hacking through the, the jungle. Yeah. Um, and I think the other, 
the other main scene I would say is just the very beginning. I I I really loved the way the movie eased into these characters and their relationships, starting with the hotel lobby, but then like quickly moving on to the the apocalypse now bar. Yeah. And the long tracking shot of them yes. just kind of dancing and drinking and like walking through. I yeah. loved how like the whole crowd in this like club was just like the Red Sea parting for them, you yeah. know? Yeah. And they were just walking right through it. I loved that. Yeah. Um and then and then I thought I thought that, you know, the scene didn't end there though, you know, them sitting down and you quickly getting a sense of kind of like where each of these characters falls in the in the bigger picture you know like eddie's the guy who's kind of made it he's he's got money right um or so we think anyway right that's his his persona anyway um you can tell you know clark clark peter's character um otis he just he just immediately and this might just be clark peter's but he immediately comes across as you know a little bit wiser you know, yeah. a little bit more sort of, he's like the thinker, the the patient, more mature, you know, member of the group, um, who's sort of, he's maybe not like the leader, but sort of the the mentor, you know. If they were the Ninja Turtles, he's like the Leonardo. <laughs> um, yeah, and I think they and even then, go out of their way later in the film to sort of talk about him, like he's the steady one, mm-hmm, right? He's the mm-hmm. rock that everybody else leans on. Yeah. And Paul is is very very clearly from a pretty early stage, you know, just a little bit more uh unstable, you know. Yep. He's he's got some issues um but but no, I loved that scene too. So, I guess those would be the highlights for me. I think I do think there were a lot of really good parts of this movie. Um like I actually really enjoyed strangely enough, I really enjoyed the sort of like gunfight <laughs> towards the end at the, around the temple around the temple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, the way that played out, I found, uh, I found pretty thrilling and, um, and yeah, there were a lot of good parts, but I guess we've covered the three main ones. Uh, any other, any other highlights you want to mention? The, the, I think, I think I agree that those are all my favorite moments in the film. Um, uh, just a just a note, like the the thing you said about how when Paul was uh, speaking, you know, in, in, on his sort of s- single journey into the jungle, and ends up sort of directly addressing the camera by the end, mm-hmm. um, and we're sort of worried that he's going to meet his end during this mm-hmm. speech. Mm-hmm. Um, Audrey, I was watching with my wife, and she was. Um, very convinced that during the sequence where they were finding gold on the hillside, mm-hmm. that they were all just going to get blown up by a mine. Uh-huh. And I was like, I was like, well, the music isn't really giving you that kind of yeah. clue right now, right? It's a very right. sort of inspirational kind of. Now they could totally bait and switch, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, but I was like, but we're also there's also like an hour and a half left in this movie, <laughs> you know? Like I don't think they're all just going to get blown up now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but it was just. But I think that. There was something about the fact uh, that they introduced the landmine characters early in the film, right? Mm-hmm. That the for long stretches, I feel like it's sort of like there's any number of ways that these characters can meet their demise, and that actually I think that that tension, right? That suspense, um, I does think I do think it elevates the movie right and makes it yeah it makes you more interested in what's going on frame by frame yeah i definitely this didn't feel like a movie where they it, it it they never felt totally safe i mean right even from the beginning the guide was like i definitely don't recommend you going into that jungle by yourself right, right. and they were like no 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 we, we know, know this, this jungle, jungle right but even even that little bit of foreshadowing is already making totally. you think, okay, it's not really safe. And then he meets this mine expert, like you said. And so you're like, there's mines in there. There's probably like, who knows, you know? Yeah. <laughs> who Just knows don't what kind go, of yeah. bands of, of, of like uh, sort of, I don't know, pirates or whatever in there. There could be anything. Um, but, uh, but, you know, you, you talked at the beginning about... Um, some some issues you had with the movie so why don't we get into fix the movie now and yep. talk about some of the things that weren't quite so great 
Sure. Uh, so, so for me, um, I think the thing that you called out at the beginning was probably one of the things that um, felt to me like a little bit detracting, which is the movie is a little bit a little bit all over the place, right? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Um, it's they're interested in the 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 dialogue tends to veer from topic to topic. Um, I don't know that the movie has a single point of view about what it's trying to say other than being a little bit of a kaleidoscopic view of the impact of the Vietnam War on these different families. Um, and then uh, some one of the things that um, I probably am just less, it's it probably just a personal taste thing. I'm just a little bit, sometimes the what, what I'm seeing on the screen and like like the action on the screen and the way it's shot and the way the music is coming in i just feel like are all working at cross purposes with one another right mm. and this is not and this is again it's probably just boils down to personal taste i don't think there's something wrong being done per se it just wouldn't um, it just didn't give me I, the emotion that I feel like it's trying to portray. So the example I'm thinking of is the helicopter crash and the subsequent gunfight that occurs mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because uh, it's it's shot in a way so as to make it feel much, um, to me, sort of smoother and less chaotic than it, mm-hmm. than it probably was. Um, the so you've got this like violent action with people dying and um but the camera work and the way it's choreographed feels like very sort of light it doesn't feel like a stressful way of the the mm-hmm. filmmaking doesn't feel like it's stressful or or high intensity and then the score from Terrence Blanchard is sort of this legato um mm-hmm. sort of like score that seems to lack any kind of like urgency or danger Um, And there's sort of like a heroic bent to it. Um, And just during that sequence, I was sort of like, what am I supposed to be feeling right now? Is this supposed to be sort of like a triumphant, like they're beating the, they're, you know, they're beating the Viet Cong? Like, is Mm -hmm. this supposed, like, I just couldn't figure, and it was like a relatively long sequence. And I just couldn't figure out how I'm supposed to be feeling about this moment. And there was probably more than a few moments like that during the film where I'm just like, I don't know this marriage of filmmaking and music and what's happening just from a plot perspective. I just don't understand it. Like a a similar example I have is um, there's a scene where Paul and uh, is sort of being confronted by the gender, you know, the, the son of somebody who was, uh, killed in the Vietnam War, and he's got like a group of sort of jungle pirates with him, and a firefight ensues, and people get blown up, and it's very high stress. And I, and the way the filmmaking and the music played out sort of unambiguously paints these Vietnamese as the bad guys to be defeated. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I would feel like of all filmmakers, Spike Lee would be very sort of sympathetic to the generations of Vietnamese who follow those who perished in the Vietnam war and wouldn't yeah. unambiguously look at them as bad guys necessarily. Right. And so it was just another sort of moment of me feeling like a little bit confused on what is the point of view here in this moment? Um, so there were, uh, those are a couple examples of how I felt like I wasn't quite sure where the movie was trying to lead us emotionally. Um, yeah. And it, and that detracted from the experience for me a bit. Yeah, I definitely remember. It's funny you bring up the helicopter scene because I couldn't have told you it was the helicopter scene because I couldn't quite remember which scene it was specifically. But I definitely remember during the movie having that thought that the music seemed a little off for the right. scene. Um, and you mentioned also the camera work and stuff. I, I, I just specifically remember the music being a little confusing at one point. And I think that is the scene that I that I had that thought about. Right. Um, I think another one, and this this is similar to um, the point you were just making about portraying the Vietnamese soldiers as as villains, um, is really just the premise of them taking this gold 
I find to be some just somewhat odd to think about because the gold was supposed to go to the Vietnamese people, right? The Vietnamese soldiers who aided the U.S. Right. And the 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 reason the Five Bloods have chosen to um, take it is that they're like, this is for you know, this is for black Americans. It belongs to us. And I think it's just, it's strange because the movie makes it very clear in other points, like a particular in some of the found footage in the beginning, that the Vietnamese people were very wronged by the U.S. Right. And that black people were wronged by, you know, white Americans, by by the white-led U.S. government. Yeah. And so it just is sort of strange that it would be presented as this really great thing for these black soldiers to take gold that was meant for Vietnamese. Like it would yeah. it would seem like a cleaner thing if they were taking gold from from, you know, frankly like white Americans or the from US like Army the US or government something like or that. something. Yeah. yeah. Um so that was a little strange to me. But I think I, I agree with you, but I think what it sort of boils down to for me is that the movie's just sort of, it's sometimes operating on one level and sometimes operating on a level above, right? Like, so the right. the first level is just from the perspective of these soldiers, it's like in this mode, the movie is going to just basically completely take their side and they're the protagonists and the movies it's like going to present the events from that perspective right of to them obviously these guys who want to take their gold are the enemies yeah and so when they triumph over the enemies it's great cuz because they're the protagonists and they're the ones trying to <laughs> achieve this goal you know of yeah. getting norman out and getting the gold out um and then it seems like in other scenes, it's sort of like the movie shifts back and forth, right? And then in other scenes, it sort of shifts to the level up and is like, but look at this, look at this war and look at what was done here. You know, this isn't all okay, but then, but then it'll sort of shift back down into from, from the five bloods perspective. Right. Right. Um, That seems to be what, uh, what's happening to me is, is that it's kind of going back and forth, maybe on purpose. Um, I'm not sure, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, a good, a good mechanism for that seems to be where they cut to what's her name? Hanoi, Hannah, the, um, the The DJ Vietnamese DJ who sort of speaks to black GI directly. Um, if that feels to me like, a mechanism the movie uses to sort of go from the one layer to the, to the other and then back again. Right. Um, I also, the the movie is very interested in perspective shifting. Um, Like I'm thinking about something that I feel like the movie stops doing mostly uh, once they are pretty deep in the jungle but uh, the movie sort of switching between a widescreen and mm-hmm. a sort of traditional TV view, like a, like right. a square oh. aspect ratio to sort of communicate like the past and the, the present, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I do feel like the movie is attempting to insert the idea of point of view and sort of value systems shifting between then and now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I do think that you're right, that the movie is... Uh, I don't know if that's exactly the plane that, that that is meant to communicate, that that filmmaking trick is meant to communicate, but I do think the idea of saying, we have this point of view now and we have this point of view at this other point in time is, is something that the movie does sort of express, I think, pretty early. Yeah. Yeah. Um and it makes sense that, I mean, even, even amongst the group, they all kind of have different ideas. They're not all on the same page, you know, like right. ethically, 
for for example um eddie eddie dies because he's giving a impassioned speech about how they need to you know do the right thing basically how money's the root of all evil yeah yeah that's right um whereas meanwhile the other three i think the other four it's pretty safe to say are definitely want to uh to get that money you know it's right i think eddie is the only one who wanted to like entirely give it to to um let's say like a good cause right others i think varying levels of wanting to probably give some of it away and i think the ending i can't i can't recall all of the scenes we see in the final montage but a good deal of the money has been has in, indeed been given to good causes, um, but yeah. certainly not all of it. Um, right. I also, I guess, just to a couple other minor, relatively minor things for me um, that didn't work super well. There's a subplot involving um, Otis discovering that he's a father. Yeah. And it just it felt kind of thin to me. Like it felt like an, a detail that didn't uh, serve to accomplish much, but did take up a decent amount of time in the movie. Um, I thought he played it. I mean, I thought that the acting was good um, for, for what screen time that particular subplot had, but it's just, you know, other than just presenting the idea that, a, a black soldier and this I'm sure happened many times, you know, could right. have met a woman in, in Vietnam and had a child. Um, aside from basically presenting like, yes, this, this could happen. Right. It didn't seem like it really explored it any further than that to me. Yeah. And I think that sort of gets to the earlier point about the movie just has this kaleidoscopic interest in all the things. Yeah. Right. And yeah. to your point, that does, re- like, by by virtue of that approach, you're not going to have a, f- a focused point of view, right? Yeah. I think, I think the only other thing I was going to mention was the plot, if you can call it that. It's not even really a plot. It's more just like a surprise development with Eddie, where in the beginning, he's, you know, the one who's got money. He's the one who's successful. And then there's just this reveal later in the film where he says, you know, I'm actually I'm broke. broke. Yeah. Um, I wasn't sure. It's not like I necessarily disliked that scene, but I wasn't sure what the point of that development was. Like, what did that do for his character? What did that do for the group? It sort of just felt like a, Oh, surprise. But then moments later, this character is going to die anyway. So it doesn't, I don't know. It did. It didn't, it wasn't clear to me what that, what that detail was supposed to do well do you have an idea what it was supposed to do i mean my interpretation is that he was the one arguing that norm would have wanted us to give this money away to various members of the black community to Mm -hmm. to sort of serve as a a minor act of reparation right Mm -hmm. and they were saying it's easy for you to give money right. away because you have so much. And his point yeah. was like, no, I'm going to give this money away even though I absolutely shouldn't from a self-interest perspective, mm-hmm. right? And I think that was meant to just speak to, he's a sort of true believer, right, yeah. in that particular cause. And it sort of jives with his speech that he gives shortly before his demise where he's like, money is the root of all evil, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Now... That's, and you know, it's it's easier for a person with no money to say that than for a person with lots of money to say that. I'm guessing. Yeah. Um, but uh, but to me that was the, that was the point. I don't think it was super. Like well articulated, and I don't think that that point yeah. was a particularly necessary one. But I guess I guess my, my view is, um. And I acknowledge up front, you know, this is a pretty minor nit. I did, it's it's far from really detracting from my enjoyment of the movie. But in terms of that decision, I just think 
if that's the role he serves in that scene, why was he, what was the point of making him rich up until that scene? Like, I guess what I'm getting at is the surprise reveal of this guy you thought was rich is broke. Like, he could have been the broke character from the beginning right? if he was going to be the one who, who took that stand. But, like, they presented him as rich and then was like, no, he's not rich. And it almost just feels like this is my this is my totally unjustifiably sort of, like, uncharitable guess as to what happened. It sort of feels to me like they had this character written and he's, like, wealthy. And then the scene comes and then they're like, all right, somebody has to make this point. Who should it be? Right. Let's pick Eddie. And then it's like, oh, but we said he was rich. Let's just say he's not rich, actually. <laughs> right. <You know? laughs> like, that's kind of what it feels like to me, is like in that moment he needs to, it's like it's like they had to give that, you know, speech to someone, and it's like, wouldn't, you know, that'd be giving too much to do to Otis because he's already got the, like, the, 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 the daughter thing going on, and, like, Paul's got all this other stuff going on, and it doesn't really seem like it should be What's his name? Mel. Uh, Melvin's, you know, speech. So Eddie will be the one who gives the speech, but it doesn't make sense if he's rich. So, right. <laughs> you know, so we're going to have to change it up here. Um, anyway, I, I think I'm sure if we talked long enough, we could come up with some other, you know, random stuff. Oh, actually, there is one more thing. I felt like the weird, um, I don't know what you want to call it, like romance, like will they, won't they? <laughs> between david um, and yeah between david and hetty um hetty yeah it was i guess it wasn't bad it just again was another like subplot that seemed like this doesn't really need to be in here right um, it created a useful sort of antagonism between david and the scandinavian dude sure seppo yeah Right. Um, just, you know, them competing for the affections of the same woman. But yeah, I mean, I agree. It sort of d- didn't really go anywhere. Yeah. I mean, you could have just, I guess there's a, there were a lot of things in the movie where it seems like you could have removed that or, you know, just kind of extract, you, you know, you could have kept the sort of one primary role that this scene or this character played and removed a lot of other surrounding kind of you know excess um but anyway i think we've i think we've spent more than enough time talking about things that we were not super impressed with because at least for me i mean as i said at the start i actually did really really like this movie and i think um the reasons that i liked it so much come down to as it so often does with movies comes down to just some pretty simple things i really loved um delroy lindo's character and performance and i actually really liked clark peters a lot too i know you say that sort of he was in the second tier right but i really loved them both yeah and i really loved the dynamic just between all the characters um and i also really loved the way the movie was shot actually Okay. It's not. It's not something I'd normally really n- notice, or that stands out to me from Spike Lee movies. But I think I don't know. I think the setting. Um, it seemed to. It seemed. It seemed to work really well for him. For me. Yeah. Um, just kind of watching these guys, you know, make their way through the jungle. Um, I just. I just loved. Yeah. I. I loved sort of like the look and feel of it and the performances, uh, quite a lot. Um, I guess, oh, one, one more thing I will say though. Um, there, uh, this is actually a thing that has always struck me with Spike Lee is sometimes the transitions I find really strange. Do you, do you know what I'm talking about? Can you, can you think of an example from this movie? Yeah. yeah like, um, like the first one off the top of my head would be. We we talked about one of the best scenes of the movie, right? Is the is the pulling David away from the mine, right? And then and then very quickly after that, um, Paul is you know deciding we got to wrap up, we got to tie up these 
these lamb folks. Uh-huh. Um, and then, uh, and then, you know, it's like they turn on Paul because they can see that he's gone too far. Yeah. And then he's flipping out and then they're just all walking. Right. And, and then it just like cuts to like, okay, that got resolved somehow. So now they're just, they're walking all as a group again. Right. And, and you're like, and I was like, wait, is Paul tied up? No, he's not, you know? Right. So just like what happened exactly, you know, they got the gun away from him and then they were like, Hey, you know, we're fam, you know, we're practically family, but don't pull that again. Right. Like something like that. But it it just, I guess what I, but what you're saying feels like it should have been in the movie. It should have been, it was only like 10 more seconds. Right. You know, um, I don't know. I, 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 I feel like there's some, some transitions like that. And like I said, this it it this feels like a thing with Spike Lee to me. I don't know. I don't know what it is about his versus my sensibilities clashing a little bit, perhaps. Um, but I think he just sometimes kind of leaves things out and moves along in a way that I find like there's connective tissue missing. Right. Um, but anyway, I'm, I said I was done nitpicking, and then I nitpicked some more. Yeah, I mean. I think your comparison up front to a movie like Sorry to Bother You is actually a really interesting one. Um, it's uh, something that I, I was thinking about as we were talking is that Spike Lee won an Oscar for the screenplay for Black Klansman, right? Mm-hmm. Which I think I would argue is a much more um, tightly constructed screenplay Um as far as its interests, its callbacks, the way that it thematically lets things unfold. Um, and in some ways, this feels like he's just kind of letting it hang out a little bit, mm-hmm. right? Um, I don't. Rec- I feel like I, I did a little bit of research on the making of this movie, but um, it was another screenplay called The Last Tour, and mm-hmm. then Spike Lee got a hold of it and changed it. And so it, it, it just has that kind of feel, you know? Like, mm-hmm. it was one thing, and then it became another thing. And there's various vestigial tales uh, from the old thing in the new thing. And right. if you were writing the new thing from scratch, you probably would have omitted certain bits or whatever. But just because, you know, you read a screenplay that had those things in it initially it's almost hard i'm sure if you're making it it's like hard to imagine the story without those things right because that's how you came to the story in the first place and so in that regard i feel like if he had had infinite time and resources like would spike have figured out ways to make those transitions better or um, omit unnecessary bits like probably right but i feel like on the other hand he's like I'm just ready to make it like, you know, let's just go. And I'm sure it'll be pretty much okay. Right. Um, cause my understanding is, you know, yeah, you, could be right. you can't control always when your film is going to get its funding and you can't control like actors shooting schedules and you can't control when the Vietnamese government is going to give you permission to shoot in their jungle or whatever. Right. And so yeah. you just sort of, if, if you're like, I could really use another two months on this screenplay, and they're like, we're ready to shoot in two weeks. You're like, I guess we shoot in two weeks, right? Like, <laughs> I feel like it's that, that's sort of the feel that it had to me, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so in that regard, uh, I'm very, you know, I'm very okay with the fact that it's a little all over the place because, um, yeah. you know, it feels like that sort of has, necessarily comes with the territory on a movie like this. No, I agree. I, 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 I'm with you, actually. I think um, I had a lot of nitpicks to make, but ultimately I would take um, a movie like this that's all over the place that really, you know, swung for the fences on on six to ten different occasions and missed half the time than a film that never tries to do any of that. Um, right. I, in fact, yeah, give me movies like this, you know, all day and night. I, 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 I love, um, I just love ambition and, and, and big ideas and, and big, big swings. So 
Yeah. Um, here's a question for you. Uh, do you like this movie better or Black Klansman? Which do you think is better? I would I would probably say Black Klansman is a movie I liked better than this movie. Um, I feel like the script, the performances, the the themes, the just the emotions that I felt um, felt more coherent to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say that this movie has a bit more of a like a primal scream aspect to it, right? There's just some something a little more um, howly about this movie, like where it just, it just I just feel like some some when the emotions are clear in this movie, it's far less, it's far more raw mm-hmm. and far less cute than Black Klansman, right? Um, and so in that regard, it's, I think the highest points in The Five Bloods were higher for me than Black Klansman, but I felt like on balance, Black Klansman was a sort of more you know, elegantly constructed Mm -hmm. piece of art, right? I don't know. I mean, I'm not really answering your question. I'm just sort of comparing them. Well, you said Black Klansman. I thought you said that. I think on balance, as as a movie, I think I liked it ultimately better. But I would say I would, if you asked me to um, pick out some scenes to show people, I'd probably pick scenes from this movie, Mm. you know? Yeah, it's funny. I think this is actually a this is this feels to me like a really good illustration of kind of I don't I, not like the difference between you and me, but like what is what for me is sort of weird from a lot of people's perspectives, which is I totally get what you're saying, but it's almost like for me the it's not about the average. It's about the highs. Yeah. You yeah. know, it's kind of like how good is the movie? How good were the highs? And yeah. so, um, for me, for me, I would say it's pretty clearly like I, I, I definitely liked this movie more than Black Klansman. I think for exactly the reasons you said, which is that I think this movie achieved things um, by being more ambitious, by trying to take on like really big ideas and. Um, and really, really hitting, you know, hitting the mark on some occasions. Um, whereas Black Klansman never, yeah, never as, as, as really ambitious of a movie as that was, it somehow felt a lot more safe and a lot more controlled. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, for me, this one, it, it's pretty clear winner. Um which I guess brings us to the end, which yep. is, would you beam it up or not? I think you wouldn't. I would not. Um, I liked it. Uh, I enjoyed it. I would recommend it to somebody casually, right? Especially if you, you know, like it's a Spike Lee movie, right? Like go see it. Um, but I don't know. Uh, I've heard there's some. I've heard there's some stinkers in there. And I it's not. Seen. And let's be fair. It's not like I have seen every Spike Lee movie. So no. Um, but uh, you know, if I think about other movies that have and have not made the beam it up cut, mm-hmm. um, you know, I just don't. This isn't on that level for me. What about you? Uh, I think I think I'd beam it up. Okay. I think. I think for all its flaws, it's just. I mean, really, I feel like I'd beam it up for the same reasons I would beam up Sorry to Bother You. Um, yeah. To me, it's definitely like a, you got to see this movie. Like, I don't, you know, as far as when you recommend a movie to someone, this is the one where, this is the kind of movie where I'd be like, I don't know if you like it or not. You know, it's kind of hard to predict. Right. But you, you got to see it. I mean, right. it's, it's, it's I really think, something. I think that's probably the difference between sort of your your sort of final sort of take on the movie and mine is I don't know that I would say to somebody like, you got to see it. Right. Right. It doesn't, it didn't have that kind of effect on me. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I mean, I even said, I, I acknowledged at the beginning that it, it didn't quite, 
it wasn't like this transcendent experience for me like i was sort of hoping it might be yeah um but yeah the strengths this the the strength of the the areas where the movie was really strong to me was was great enough that to me i mean astronaut if you're out there i really think you deserve to see this movie i think it's something special yeah so i love the idea that uh we might not know if there's an astronaut out there (laughs) if if you're even out there anymore (laughs) well if they were in the far reaches of space i mean you know yeah we might have i imagine in the same way it takes a movie a long time to reach them yeah takes us quite a while to receive any messages they send back so right um all right well i think that about wraps it up any final thoughts or are we done i think that's it i think that's it on the five bloods so uh thanks everybody for listening i'm adam i'm dan thanks for listening talk to you next time